Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here it is. Lent is finally upon us. We're entering into the season of Lent. Here is the first Sunday of Lent, right? Feels like Christmas was just yesterday. But here is the first Sunday of Lent. And as always, we're thinking about things we're going to give up. We're thinking about how it is, right, that we're going to kind of give these things up, whatever they might be. And we have all these ideas in mind. Maybe we've already kind of made up what it is that we're going to give up. Maybe we're still thinking about it. Whatever it might be. So we all have these plans in mind. But what we have to kind of realize is that in today's gospel, Jesus is reminding us of the importance of Lent, right? He's reminding us of the importance of Lent. Here is Jesus, who is now baptized by John the Baptist, but immediately afterwards we're told, he goes into the desert. He goes into the desert and fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Why does he go into the desert? If we can imagine in our own lives, right, what is a desert, if we can kind of picture a desert in our mind, when we walk into a desert, there's really not much going on. It's very simple. There's a lot of dead things. Things are not really growing. If they are growing, you know, they're very kind of simple trees and shrubs that aren't really full of life. There's not really much water around. There's no grass that's really growing, maybe a few weeds here and there. But it's simple. There's not much going on. There's a... um, a Catholic philosopher who says, he says, so often, he said, listen up, so often in our lives it's just full of distractions. Distraction after distraction after distraction. So many distractions that we don't really think about those important things in life. Who am I? Where am I going? Who is God? Who, who are we? Um, who is God? What is eternal life? What is going on? What is the grand meaning of life? We don't really think about these questions because life is one distraction to another distraction. You might be sitting here today and thinking, man, i got to go to Kroger on Monday because there's a sale on meat. Right? It's President's Day, I'm going to celebrate. Whatever it might be, right? We're thinking to ourselves, man, what am I going to do on Friday? I probably have plans on Friday. Or right after church, I'm going to go brunch with my family. Whatever it might be. Full of distraction after distraction after distraction after distraction. When we go into the desert, what is the desert? There are no distractions. It's simple. There's not much going on. When you go into the desert, you've put aside all distractions and you focus on one thing. You focus on God. We're entering into Lent with Jesus and we're walking with him into the desert where there are no distractions. Where nothing's going to distract us from focusing on the truths of God, focusing on who God is and who we are in relationship to God. And so that is the purpose of Lent, is us walking in the simpleness of the desert. Walking with Jesus through this desert, that at the end of it, when it comes time for Good Friday, we are crucified with Jesus. And when we are crucified with Jesus, not so long after, we will, guess what? Be raised up in a resurrection like Jesus. We are preparing ourselves. We are preparing ourselves to enter into the desert. So, here is Jesus who completes his fasting. And afterwards, we're told, of course, for days and 40 nights, he hasn't eaten anything. And here is the devil who comes to tempt him. Now, the devil comes to tempt him. We can learn something from temptations, even in our own lives. What temptations does for us is it teaches us who we are not. And sometimes to realize who we are, we have to realize what we are not. Temptations are not always a bad thing. If temptations come into our life, guess what? We're given a choice. 
I can go along with the temptation and sin, or I can go against the temptation and make myself stronger. I can prove who I really am in the face of God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but Lord, I'm going to be led into temptation. I'm going to see temptation. What do I do when temptation comes from? I'm going to avoid it. And the more in which I avoid temptation, guess what? The more I grow in my relationship with God, meaning, Lord, I've put aside this temptation, I've put aside this evil, because I know that you are worth it, and that you, above all, is what I'm after. So here is the devil who comes to him and gives him those three temptations. The first one. The first one is the most basic, right? The first one is the most basic. It's the one concerning hunger. Here he is. He's hungry. It's the most simple of temptations, but it's a temptation that affects all of us. The devil comes to him and he says, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones that you see on the ground, command that these stones become loaves of bread. And what does Jesus say? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We're made much more than, for much more than food. We're made for much more than drink. We're made for much more than just these pleasures of life, right? We're made for much more than food, but a lot of us get stuck at this very simple level. Food becomes our everything, and how much money are we spending for the very best of foods? for the very best of things, the very best of drinks, for the very best of pleasures or whatever these things might be. Now, we're not condemning these things. Food is good, drinks are good, sensual pleasures are fine, right? We need these things to survive. But how often do they become our God? How often is there that little child that's in each and every one of us? And for your parents, you know this, parents, right? How many times does your child come up to you, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Are you going to say yes each and every time to your child? No. Because if you say yes to it, you're corrupting them, you're corrupting their will, and they're not going to turn out to be the best adults. Now, there's a little child inside of each and every one of us who's always asking for more and more and more and more. Are we controlling that little child inside of us? Or does that little child control us? That's why the church says we fast. Why do we fast? to control those pleasures in life, to control those things in life, which are not evil, but sometimes can control us. To say, God, I have control over this. I can control these things because I realize there is something higher than these things, and that's you. The next one that he gives us. Here is Jesus now. He's passed the first temptation, and now there's a second temptation. The devil takes Jesus to the very top of the temple. Now we remember the temple is the place where the Jews come together to worship. It's the very center of the world for the Jews. There is nothing more important than the temple. The entire world is based off the temple. And so here is the devil who takes him to the very top. The very top, highmost point of the temple. And he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself. Throw yourself down from here as it is written that he will give his angels charge of you. The angels are going to save Jesus. What does Jesus say? You shall not tempt the Lord your God. What is this temptation about? What is this temptation about? If Jesus is now standing at the, the very center of the temple, guess what? Now Jesus is the most important thing. Now it is that sometimes, for us in our own lives, 
We want to be at the very heart of everyone else. We are looking to be the center of the world. We are looking for pride. We are looking for honor. We are looking for all these things to be known, to be loved. Right? We are looking for all these things. We want to be accepted by everyone. And we go for just this one desire. Do we really look for that? Or do we look for the will of God? Do we look to do the will of God? Or do we want to just become well-known, be well-liked? And we, we put that above all else, right? Temple's at the center. We have to get over being, want to be noticed all the time, to always want to care about our reputation, whatever it might be, whatever these things might be. We have to get over wanting to be noticed, to be at the center of everything. We have to get rid of this idea that we are the center of the world. No. We are one of many. And when we realize we are one of many, we empty out our hearts for others. But we can't do that if we have such a high opinion of ourselves, So Jesus is saying, do not tempt the Lord your God. Do not think that you are the center of the world. There are other people. There are your neighbors. Don't fall into the sin of pride. The last, the devil takes him to a very high mountain. Notice the temptations get higher and higher and higher. And as they get higher and higher and higher, the devil takes him first to the very base level, the desert ground. Then he moves into the temple. Then he moves into a very high mountain. And he says, on that very high mountain, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, I will give you all these things if you fall down and worship me. Notice, where does pride come from? Where does power come from? The devil. It's his to give away. The pride, the power, it's his to give away. And he tells Jesus, I will give you these things if you just follow what if you just follow down and worship me, follow me, right? And Jesus says, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall not, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. Jesus will not win his followers by force. He will not win his followers by force, by power, but by love. Not by force, but by love. That's how he's going to build his kingdom. It shows us who Jesus is. My brothers and sisters, during this Lent, we are called to do three things, right? We always know this. We're called to do three things, but I want us to really kind of pay attention to these three things the church gives us to do. The first is Jesus calls us to fast. As we said before, when he calls us to fast, it's to strengthen our will, to show Jesus how much it is that we truly love him, that we're doing everything out of, that we're saying that these things of the world is not as important to me as doing your will, Lord Jesus. I want nothing more than to follow you and only you. Fasting shows that the only master of your body is God. Not food, not things, not your possessions, but God. Next, it tells us to do almsgiving. To give to the poor, to give to the church. Why? To show that these things of the world are not controlling us, that we don't have an affection for money, we don't have an affection to our social status, we don't have this tendency to let these things rule us, that the phone is not my God, but I know who God is, and I am able to give up these things, the affection for these things, for God, when I give my money to the poor, when I give my money to the church. Why? Why? To show that Jesus is number one. I got so many calls after the Super Bowl, I got more than a few calls of people saying, Father, I want all this money betting on the Super Bowl, right? Something happens. But I don't want it. I want to give it to the Syrian uh, refugees who are suffering from the earthquakes. How do I do that? Beautiful. A beautiful thing. And so many have given their money that they've won from the Super Bowl, right? I'm not saying go out and bet, whatever it might be. But they won this money. They don't want it. They're giving it to the Syrian aid refugees, right? 
And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. They're showing that there is no affection to money. There is no affection to money. You can't buy everything. You cannot buy heaven. You cannot buy God. You can only give God your heart. And by showing him that these things do not control me, I'm saying, God, these things, I don't want them. I don't care for them. I care only for you. Money serves a purpose, and that's about it. Last is prayer. Humility is the defeat of pride. Every time we pray, every time in which we pray, we realize a central fact. One fact as we're traveling through the desert, that I am not God, and that only He is God. I am not God, only He is God. We need that daily reminder, I am not God, I am not the center of the world, but God is. How do I follow God in the midst of everything? Last year, and I'll leave you with this. We did a 3-1-1 challenge, if you remember. 3-1-1 challenge, and I think this is always kind of a step up to the Lent, right? This is how we step up in Lent. This is how we go further. Give up three distractions that are keeping you away from God. That could be the phone, that could be social media, that could be whatever, whatever these distractions might be, going out every night, whatever it might be. Whatever these things in your life that are distracting you from prayer, from God, from yourself, from getting the things done that God wants to get done. Whatever those three, those three things are, write them down. Write them down, put them on a sticky note, put it on your mirror every time you get ready in the morning, whatever it might be, on your nightstand, and remind yourself of those three things, those three distractions that you're going to push out of your life. Then I want you to add in one additional spiritual practice in your life. That could be the Bible in a year. We're listening to that podcast every year, every day. Could be a rosary. Could be divine mercy. Something that you need to add to your prayer life to remind yourself that you are not God and that there is a God and that you love him from the bottom of your heart. Lastly, a sin. One sin that you've been particularly struggling with. Name that sin. Name that sin and in your prayers, as you name that sin, say, Lord Jesus, I want nothing more than to give these up to you. I want to give up the sin to you so that I follow you day and night into the desert so that I can be led to your crucifixion so that I can follow you into your passion and I can rise with you on Easter morning. Amen?